I'm Isabel Karitzis, and you are listening to the Good Gut Feelings podcast, where we unpack what it's like to digest life in your 20s as a woman with IBS. I am a holistic health coach specializing in IBS. I'm also a Leo, a generator in human design, and have been dealing myself with IBSC for 15 years. Yeah, we just went there. I help women with IBS navigate their symptoms from a place of nervous system balancing and lifestyle changes to unlock their most aligned lives. So stay tuned, hit subscribe, and get ready because in these episodes, we are going deep and covering everything from your relationship with yourself to your relationship with your favorite spicy margarita and how it all impacts our good gut feelings. You can find all of the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, how are you guys? I have missed you so, so deeply. I don't know what it is. I know that I was just on vacation, which isn't crazy, but I feel like it's been forever since we've like deeply connected and chatted and talked about life and kind of got it all out and been silly together and played and have fun and celebrated. So I am here to do that. I missed this community. Um, I feel like I'm speaking as if I was just in Siberia for 12 years, but when your life is kind of on social media and you are coaching and you are showing up on so many platforms to take a break of a couple of days and then be in and out for a week or so um, and be sparse with communication and just kind of um, a little bit less present, it feels like so much distance compared to how I'm usually showing up. And it was so important for me to take that space. I got to leave New York for the first time in like 27 years since post pre Panini. Um, I've been back to DC, of course, to see my family, but I have been within the confines of a city for a very long time. And I cannot even express how good it felt to get out into nature, to get in the ocean, oh my gosh, to bury my feet in the sand, to even get in a pool and be fully submerged in water and just feel, I kept just feeling like as I was floating in the ocean and floating and swimming through the pool that I was just being so divinely held by something other than myself. And I think when you're kind of immersed in the walls of a city for extended periods of time, it really instills this sense of self-preservation. Like you're in charge of your energy, you're in charge of finding your safe spaces, you're in charge of resetting, of clearing your energetic field, you're in charge of so much. And there's not really a lot of protection and there's not really a lot of energetic clearing. And something that became so abundantly clear to me just in being you guys in fucking Florida. Like it's not like I was in Bali. (laughs) Let's get this straight. I was in Florida, Florida, like my God. Um, and I felt so divinely held. I felt like every cell in my body got to take a deep breath, got to plug into a charger in the wall, got to take a nap, Um, and it's so funny. I didn't want to come back to New York and that's the truth of it. I really didn't. 
Um, I love it here. I feel home here because my things are here and because I pay rent and this is the only space I have. Um, but the minute I got home and the minute I was trying to find center and get grounded again to get back into the flow and start creating and start connecting with you guys again and start sharing, um, it felt really difficult. It felt really difficult to release the energy of everybody that I had kind of been with in passing on the plane, on the train, home in DC, at a wedding, all of the people whose energy I was encountering that wasn't intentional or wasn't giving or wasn't my own in the places where my energy was leaking and and where I just needed to kind of reset. Um, I got back home and was like, cool, I'm craving the space to reset. I'm ready to get after it oh my God, there is no, there's no plug here. Like there is no space for me to plug myself into, to take that deep breath and to kind of melt away the energetic layers that weren't mine to come back to center. And I'm still grappling with this feeling to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I haven't found an answer yet. I will say that (laughs) it's been something I've been trying to work with for the past couple of days. And today I took myself to a crystal shop to try to fucking sort it out. was trying to get myself a black tourmaline necklace to protect my energy, to clear negative energy, to reset, to have some sort of energetic protection in this city. I have been doing a lot of energy clearing meditations and that's all been helping. Um, But to me, nothing is ever going to feel as good as being in nature and being able to be soothed through multiple senses, Um, sight, taste, touch, smell, hearing. Um, It's it's really like a, I was going to say trifecta. What's trifecta? But when it's five things, like a five-fecta of feeling nourished and here, I don't have that. We don't have that. Um, to be quite honest, and this is funny, like I, I don't mean this in a complaining way because because what I need to do is take action and figure it out. And that's a conversation that Ian and I have been slowly having and need to have over um, the next couple of months and years as we build businesses and as we're called to be in New York for other reasons. Um I want to add that energy component into the list. And it's funny when we come back to the five senses, you know, what do I smell? Hot pee on the sidewalk. What am I seeing? A big shit on the sidewalk. Trash everywhere. What am I hearing? Sirens and horns honking and people yelling and people who need help kind of like screaming all the time. Um, what am I touching? I always feel dirty. Every time I step outside, my skin feels dirty. I get water splashed on me, either through an AC dripping on my forehead or accidentally stepping in a puddle um, of mystery liquid. You know, I don't even remember what the other fifth sense is. I know that I didn't get all of them, but like you get the point. And I know I am focusing on the negative right now. I could totally flip that on its head and choose to see something else. But contrast highlights what we want and what we need. And the contrast that I was just afforded by being able to get out of New York is really highlighting for me what's no longer serving me. And 
I don't know, you guys, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but I'm just being honest with where I am and how the past two weeks have felt. And it's been interesting because I've learned so much about myself rapidly by changing my environment in so many different dimensions that I can't even get into today. Um, And now I'm kind of sitting at this crossroads of, cool, well, what happens now? And I don't know the answer because it involves more than just me. It involves so many factors that um, are yet to be determined. But because you are my gals, I am filling you in. And I'm hoping maybe that if you're wrestling with this feeling of something just kind of feeling sticky, metaphorically or literally, if you are also in New York, it feels sticky, that <laughs> um, this has been, you know, maybe a helpful perspective of what to evaluate. Where do you feel like you get to plug your energy back into the charger? What are your senses experiencing in your current environment? Um, do you feel like you get to come back home when you come back home? Or do you feel like when you come back to your literal home that it's just a shelter from the senses? A lot of questions to ask. And I'm hoping maybe that these um, sort themselves out but get to evolve. Maybe my perspective will shift. But as where I am today, baby, on this Tuesday afternoon, that's how I'm feeling. So for the time being, going to get myself some, some black tourmaline, some protections, keep doing the meditations, um, keep confiding and sharing and being supported by people who have the capacity to support me. Um, and we'll figure it out. Everything's going to be okay. This kind of is a funny little rant to kick off the, um, theme, theme, topic, subject for today's episode, which is this concept of are you receptive to joy? Are you receptive to joy? What is your relationship to joy and to ease? This is something that comes up with clients literally all the time as we rewrite stories and look at limiting beliefs. And as I serve as a reflection for you, um, it's always something that starts to surface. Are you receptive to experiencing joy for yourself? And are you receptive to people around you feeling and experiencing joy? And what is your relationship to that? And when we start to think about what your relationship to that is, it's important to think about what that does to your friendships and relationships to people who experience more joy and more ease than you do. There are so many things to unfold here, but I want you to think about that question. Maybe pause this episode, break out a journal and a pen and journal on those questions for a little bit. Think about what comes up for you um, because this is one of those neural pathways that is so important to rewire as we work on our healing, as we work on the pursuit of your purpose, your passion, what you were brought here to do, your gifts, your contentment, your ease, um, and your self-worth. Because ultimately, without any of those things, it's very difficult to stay firm in feelings of self-worth. 
And I think to answer this question properly, we need to think about what joy really is all about and where it comes from and and when it happens and what it means. And I think when we think about joy, we kind of think about like little kids getting what they wanted for their birthday, opening a present, getting a puppy. Like that's the purest form of joy, right? But joy is also in the little moments where you're able to feel contentment, you're able to feel ease, you're able to just kind of be and exist in pleasure and exist in ease and be receptive to help and asking for support without ego. Um, And, you know, joy really exists in those moments where you are doing the dance with the world around you. And when we are existing in that place, that's where things start to become a lot easier, right? That's typically where the universe starts to give you the things that you have been asking for. That's where manifestations start to come through. That's where hard work starts to pay off. That's where people start to get defined, quote unquote, as lucky. Um, It's where things really start to feel in motion. And it is a neutral feeling sometimes to arrive at because sometimes it really can be that simple. Sometimes it really gets to be a decision of I'm going to choose to see this differently in order to feel joy. I'm going to choose to scan for evidence that this is going my way. I'm going to choose to hold myself radically accountable and make hard decisions and know that the hard decision that I'm going to make is going to pay off in joy. I am going to set boundaries knowing that it's going to feel icky and sticky, but I'm doing them with my highest self in mind and my joy at my ultimate, ultimate purpose. It's one of those things that comes with decisions that aren't always easy, but it's one of those things that also, when you think about it, gets to be pretty simple because what's the ultimate goal? It's things being easy. It's love being easy. It's career feeling fulfilling and coming with ease and purpose feeling natural and joy being abundant. And I think often there are kind of two stark categories of people. There are the people who experience joy and create this abundance through their recognition of joy. They create an abundance of even more joy and ease. And there are the people who look at that and covet that and are soured by that and don't do anything to find that place or have a very hard time with their relationship to joy because they feel like they don't deserve it. The kind of people who um, return compliments and not not in the way that, oh, you look so pretty. Oh, thanks. You look so pretty too. I like your shirt. The kind of people who return compliments, I mean, oh, you look great. Oh, no, you know, this this isn't my color. I actually, my ankles actually look really fat when I wear this, this t-shirt. Um, who return compliments. They say, I'm giving this back to the owner. I don't deserve this. I'm, I'm sending this back to the store. I don't identify with this. Because it can feel sticky. And when there is low self-worth, when there is low willingness to be receptive to joy, you are begetting less and less of it. 
And the relationship with joy starts to become tainted as this thing that for some reason the universe doesn't want you to have. And then you look at the people who do have it and who do experience ease and you build this resentment towards them and at the opportunities that you get to bring them down to your level, that's what feels attractive. Rather than turning off your limiting beliefs, it feels more attractive to steal other people's joy and bring them to where you are. This applies to so many scenarios, but it's something that I think is interesting to think about. We see trolls on social media That person has too much joy. That person has too much privilege, too much luck, too much of what I deem as not being worthy of, that I deem as the universe not wanting for me. Some of these things are institutionalized fully, truly, truly. And both things can be true at the same time. There can be institutional reasons why somebody has it better than you. And your relationship with joy and ease can also be one of lack. And one of these things is easier to change than the other. So which one is going to be pursued? I am really interested by this conversation because it's one of those ones that I think we hear a lot before we analyze whether or not we belong in either camp. I think it's really easy to hear people talk about concepts and think about all of the ways that applies to the world around them, except in their own life. And it just adds to the list of reasons that you're not taking personal responsibility, radical ownership over your life, your purpose, your destiny, how you show up every day, your reactions. And not wanting to look at the hardship because it hasn't paid off before, because maybe you don't have the tools to look at the hardship, but are you looking for the tools? Are you out there actually looking for the tools to change your relationship to joy and ease if you feel like you are in this later camp? Being receptive to joy and being receptive to ease and to luck and to all of these things that are on this sort of hierarchy of emotional, vibrational goodness um, is one where it's a lot easier to point and blame others rather than step into embodiment and to think this applies to everyone but me rather than to take ownership because that shit's hard and that shit's scary and that shit involves admitting that you might be behind in some way, some place, something scary, maybe a deep inner programming, an inner child wound where you were programmed to believe that joy wasn't something available to you and ease wasn't something available to you. And in having this dialogue, it means that you have to look back and figure out why that happened, where that happened, and what your power is in changing that narrative. And that usually includes making kind of fucking hard choices, setting boundaries, prioritizing your money into your growth, into those tools. It's not always easy and fun, but 
I think it's really important, especially when you look around. If you're the kind of person who's having conversations with yourself of like, damn, everyone really just has it so much easier than I do. It's really coming easier to everyone else. How is nobody else aware of all of these problems that I'm aware of? Why am I carrying the burden of the world? How stupid is everybody else that they don't get it? Maybe the words you're using are selfish or entitled or, you know, insert vocabulary word here where other people are experiencing joy and ease and you are bringing them down to where you are. What does that mean that you need to look at? If we're having a radically honest moment with one another, and this is the narrative you find yourself speaking about anything in the world, what does that mean about the work that you have left to do? What does that mean about your opportunities in front of you to quantum leap into a new reality where joy and ease are for you? Because they are for you if you decide that you are willing to embrace them. You decide that you are ready to look at the storylines and the threads that have occurred in your life and the programming that's occurred in your life that has set you up to believe that you are not worthy of joy and ease. And maybe those decisions were made from a space of lack of self-worth, of compromise where you gave too much, of putting other people's emotions, feelings, needs before your own over and over and over to the point where you convinced yourself that you weren't worthy of anything other than lack. I want you to know that your relationship with joy and ease can look different if you choose for it to. It can be a different experience If you're willing to be honest with yourself about what you are yearning for, what you crave, what you fucking deserve, what's possible, and maybe you don't have tangible goals, that's okay. Because I think something that everybody has is a goal of a feeling. So let's start there. What is a feeling that you want to experience? When you wake up in the morning, Do you want to experience the feeling of ease and excitement and ability to tackle your day and confidence that everything is happening for you and that your body is going to work the way that your body is meant to and your body is going to take care of you and the people in your life are going to take care of you and that the people around you are going to show up with radical ownership and accountability because that's the standard you hold them to and you expect nothing less because you have the power to maintain your boundaries and you're going to show up and do it. That is a reality that is available to you if you choose for it to be And then you look for the tools and you prioritize where you're spending your time, your money, and your energy to make that a reality. And sometimes it's just a choice. It's a choice of today I'm going to be receptive to joy in order to give myself evidence that it is possible. That might look like not complaining about something. That might look like not blaming someone or something. That might look like starting and engaging in conversations from a positive space rather than a space of lack and connecting over dysfunction and fear. It looks like showing up differently. 
and in noticing your thoughts and figuring out where your mind wants to go and being receptive to it and engaging in a dialogue with your mind, knowing that not everything you think is true, pushing back against some of those thoughts that keep you feeling sticky and small and disengaged and enraged and in a space of lack. And you look at those thoughts and you go, hey, for today, why don't you shut the fuck up because you are pissing me off? And we're going to choose differently today. We're going to choose a different way of showing up because the experiment that I'm doing today is to find evidence that I can show up with joy and ease. And the more you practice that and the more you allow yourself to be in that state, for a while, you will probably get more triggered than you ever have been before. Because when you're existing in this space of lack and enragement and space of lack, what you're actually doing is settling into comfort because it's what you know. You're very familiar with all of those feelings, those low vibrational feelings of lack and disenchantment and it's not fair and that person's stupid and why don't they get it and it's so hard and I'm so stressed We stay in those places because those emotions are very familiar to us. And at a certain point, when you're going through those emotions day in and day out for enough time, they become easy. They become very easy feelings because you have habitualized them. You have created neural pathways that allow those feelings to exist at the forefront of your day. And when you choose that it's time to show up differently it starts to feel sticky and icky and gross and you want to scream. And the pockets of joy that you are actively searching for are counterbalanced and counteracted with these feelings of, holy shit, this is uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm not used to this. This feels fake. I feel ignorant. Whatever comes up, those are your limiting beliefs that you need to look at. Those are your triggers that you need to look at and you need to figure out where they came from and you need to figure out how you're going to rewrite them and you need to hold yourself accountable to the journey of showing up differently, knowing that it will be worth it because you are guided by your ultimate purpose of changing your relationship to joy and ease and being receptive to quantum leaping to a new level in your life. And it can be triggering at first because what it's forcing you to do is look at the places and look at the stories that kept you in that space of lack. It forces you to look at the reasons why you were so damn comfortable being in a space of low vibration. And take space to feel through that. It's a fucking project. That's what therapy is all about. You look at your threads, you look at your stories, you look at your programming, you look at why, you look at what shaped you. Therapy is a really beautiful tool for that. I would be nowhere without therapy. And then the place of coaching that is so beautiful is the point of, okay, what's next? Who's here to hold you accountable, to inspire you, to hold you high, to hold you to a standard that gets you to where you want to go, who sees through your bullshit, who tells you that you are worthy of joy and ease, 
Coaching is a different space than therapy because therapy allows you to navigate your way through feelings and to go way back into your past, into your history, into your trauma and wrestle and unpack and identify threads and identify stories and organize and make sense. It is different than coaching because it only takes you so far in terms of what happens now. Oftentimes in therapy, you're allowed to wade through your feelings. And of course, this depends on what kind of therapist you're working with. But in a traditional sense, you're given the space to wade through your feelings, to come to your own conclusions. You're given reflections that are helpful to guide you, but are never giving you the answers. And that's a beautiful space. What happens with coaching and what happens in containers with me and the way that I operate is that my role is to be a very powerful, honest reflection for you and to hold you high and to hold you accountable. And the way that I operate is in with love, calling you on your bullshit and showing you what's possible. Because you know what's possible, but it's those stories of self-worth and those stories of lack that keep you from making changes in doing so. The type of women that I work with are radically responsible. They've done a lot of this work already. They are so eager to change their relationships to boundaries, to joy, to ease, to their physical healing, to their ability, to their power, to their purpose, to their divinity, to their femininity. They're so eager and ready to show up and do the work. And what they need is somebody in their corner to remind them that they can, to see what's possible, to clear the path and to guide them along the path towards themselves. What I am doing with you is bringing you home. I am giving you the tools and power to unlock yourself, to unlock what you have cut yourself off from in the coping mechanisms of lack, in the coping mechanisms of settling, of low self-worth. And we rewrite those stories, and I hold you high. And I hold you accountable and I help you see things that are difficult to see. And I help you look at the stories you're telling yourself and create a plan and create a power to move forward and quantum leap past the bullshit into what's next. Sometimes the place we need to go is not as far as we think it is. And sometimes when you're so ready and you're ready to show up and you're ready to feel that power and you're ready to say goodbye to your fucking bullshit stories and you're ready to connect back to your mind and your body and employ practices that cover the whole person that you are holistically, inside out, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, when you're ready to do all of those things, That's where we get to create magic because that means you are in a space where you are ready to reprioritize you and create an energetic exchange where it's not the responsibility of your partner, your friends, the people you work with, your family, 
to consistently hold you high in that space. It is the energetic exchange on a two-way street between you and me, between a coach, a healer, a guide, and you who's ready to show up and do the work because what you are exchanging is just energy. Money is energy. You showing up is energy. Me showing up is energy. Me holding space for you to explore what comes next and who you are and what those stories are. It's all energy. And sometimes we spend that energy on quick fixes and band-aids and scrolling and supplements and protocols and dietary plans that are short-lived because they don't align with you. Instead of prioritizing somebody or something or a space to be held high in who you are, to reflect back to you that relationship with joy, with ease, with physical healing, with your power, with your strength, with your ability, with your worthiness. And I think so many of us relate to this where that is a heavy energetic investment. That is an energetic investment that requires you to really do the work in your mind It requires somebody who's holding space for you to be a very clear, honest reflection and channel. It's a space that takes energy, that takes signaling to the universe. I'm done with this shit. I'm done with this shit and I am calling on help from somebody to bring me back to myself. That's a high energetic investment. You'll see that reflected in the pricing of a lot of coaches. And I think when people see pricing or when people see opportunities that feel a little stretchy or a little too expansive, it brings up those feelings of worth, of what happens if you succeed. Because you get out of everything what you put into it. And I know that there are certainly some people out there who do not practice what they preach, who are not effective in holding space. And I trust that you know who those people are. And I trust that you know who you feel called to seek help from. And in doing so, in finding the person that you jive with, whether it's me, whether it's anybody else out there who is able to hold space for your growth, I trust that you're investing in people who you jive with, who fucking get you, whose message, whose outlook, whose perspective that you totally understand, because that's what's worth it. Those are the people that you have the gut instinct that you're like, this is right. This is my person. This is the person that is going to help me see myself for who I am and help me recognize that mind-body connection, that dance between self that I've had within me all along, but she or they see how to bring it back to the present and into my future when I may have lost it, when those threads feel a little far behind in my story, in my past, in all of the versions of self that I've gone through, that I've shed, how do you connect all the threads back to now? I hope that that helps to explain a little bit why some of these investments feel stretchy. But it is what you put in. It always is what you put in. 
And when somebody tells me, you know, maybe I'm, I'm nervous, this isn't going to work. I'm nervous. What happens if I don't change? My answer to that is what happens if you don't try? What happens if you don't try? With that being said, I am opening space in my one-on-one container, which looks very different than it used to. And I'm so excited to call in the type of women who this message resonated with. I am here to hold space for several women in guiding you through that expansion, that connection back to self, that relationship with ease and joy and receptive to your own gifts and to your relationships expanding and feeling easy and feeling nourishing. If this episode resonated with you, if my content has been hitting a little harder with you lately, if you have been consuming what I've been writing, what I've been sharing, what we've been talking about and going, oh, fuck, (laughs) I feel a little too seen, then I would love to have a no pressure conversation with you about whether this feels like something you're ready for. No pressure at all, at all, because What happens is that this needs to be a right energetic exchange between you and between me. So I don't take on everybody that applies to work with me because it really is an invitation to be in my highest container, highest level of expansion, highest level of attention, highest investment of my energy. And in return for that, I expect the highest of your energy. And that doesn't mean financially, that means in the way that you show up, the way that you show up for yourself, that you do the work, that you are ready to say yes, that you are ready to accept challenges and reflections and expand. And that is reflected in pricing oftentimes. That is reflected in pricing in this intimate container where it's just you and me. And we get to design where it is you need to go. You tell me and we figure out how to do the work together. It's my job to hold you high. It's my job to engage in a story where you are showing yourself your worth, where you say, this feels stretchy. And I say, okay, but stretchy is good. Stretchy is where you need to go because you cannot fix situations with the same energy they were created on. So what needs to change? If this feels like something that you are curious about, shoot me a DM and I'm happy to get on the phone with you if you have any questions about the program. It's 12 weeks. It's a three-month container, just you and me. There are all kinds of support through weekly Zooms, through Voxer. You also get access to all Good Gut Feelings programs, past, present, future, and I can tell you there's some juicy shit coming in the future. Um... So if you feel ready, shoot me a DM, shoot me a voice note. I'd love to meet you, introduce yourself, tell me who you are, tell me what your, tell me what your jam is. And if you want to get on the phone, we can do that. But if you know that you are already an aligned, fuck yes, I am in, send me that message and I will send you the application and we will get on our way. What happens after you fill out the application is that... You join the program, baby. My brain just had a brain fart. Um, You fill out the application. I get back to you. We talk about contracts, scheduling. I give you access to the online resource portal of exclusive content of all Good Gut Feelings programs. And we dive right in. We dive into the good shit. Um, 
I want you to know if this does feel like an aligned yes for you. I only have a handful of spots left. Um, I am keeping the way I spend my energy, especially one-on-one with clients, very limited, very intentional, which is why there's an application. I want to know that you're ready and I want to know that this is the right chance for us to do the work together. So if this feels like something that you're interested in, you can learn more in the show notes. I have a link to the page where I talk about my one-on-one coaching, but it really is a culmination of everything we've been talking about on the podcast, of everything that I've been sharing about on Instagram, through stories, through reels, through captions. So if you're curious about my philosophy, about who I am, about how I show up, flip through some of the last podcast episodes, the last captions on Instagram, on reels, all all of that good shit, excuse me, I just hiccuped. Um, you'll get to know me pretty quickly. And I can assure you that we will build a fucking awesome relationship together. If this is something that you're ready for, this is something that you are interested in. Oh my gosh, this was a fun one, you guys. I feel like I was just channeling, like full on channeling without even really pausing to think about what needed to happen. Um, This was one of those episodes where I was in the middle of doing something else and I was like, holy fucking shit, I got something to say. So I sat down with my mic and I made it happen. Um, This felt good. This felt juicy. I have really been engaging in this. I don't know if the word is tough love. You guys will have to tell me in this energy, in this space of we're not doing bullshit. We're not doing excuses. We're not doing stories anymore. We're doing radical honesty because I hold you high enough that you are going to show up and you're going to be receptive and you're going to take on the challenge. And the beautiful part of one-on-one coaching is that you get to engage with that energy, but you also get to engage with a very soft side of me where I know that shit's fucking hard. It's not easy at all. And in that intimate one-on-one space, that's where you get to be held in that, in that fear, in the you know, what happens when I show up in the stretchiness, in the scariness, but in the juiciness, there's a softness there too. So you'll find reflected in a a lot of what I share on social media that I'm a duality of a lot of things. I have this tough love side, but I also have this very soft, flowing, feminine, inviting side. Not that this isn't inviting, it will be inviting for the right kind of person, but um, both get to exist together because I hold you high enough to be receptive to that and to take what you need to hear and leave the rest and engage with what is working for you. And to know that there's always going to be space for questions, for fear, for what ifs. That's part of life. And that is the part of me that you also get when we're working together one-on-one. So... It's all linked in the show notes. Um, DM me if you have any questions. DM me if you know this is for you. I have a handful of spots open. We will go through winter and enrollment will open up again in late winter, early spring. There's a chance that at that point, pricing will increase. So um, my business is always evolving. I can't make any promises for where things will stay and what will feel energetically aligned for me and in the value that I'm bringing and in the excuse me, in the type of people that um, I'm calling in to work with and how how ready they are. So that's that, my loves. Um, yeah, if you like this 
podcast. If you like this episode, take a screenshot, share it with somebody who needs to hear it. Even better, rate and review, subscribe. If you rate and review, I am still sending out free copies of my high vibe, low vibe ebook to people who email me a screenshot of their rating and review at goodgutfeelings at gmail.com as a thank you from me to you. It is a 60 plus page ebook with gazillion journal prompts to help bring you back to yourself, connect you to your intuition, connect you to your purpose, to your highest self. It's juicy, juicy shit. Um, and I'll send you one for free because I love you and appreciate you being here and love doing this podcast and I'm excited to catch you next week. I'm sending you all of my love and a big, big forehead kiss and hug. I hope you have a beautiful week. Love you. Bye.